Hey everyone, Matt here from the Jimmy Lewis Off-Road Riding School, and today I want to tell you about the online beginner course that we have available right now at jimmylewisoffroad.com slash online courses. This is a course that you can purchase and receive lifetime access to 10 lessons and 10 drills that I use when I'm teaching beginner riders out here in Prompt, Nevada. These lessons and drills are designed to take anyone who has never touched a motorcycle before and have them riding safely and comfortably at the completion of this course. We've been developing this curriculum for quite some time, and with the feedback that we have gotten from real beginner riders, I feel comfortable in saying it is the safest and most comprehensive introduction to the sport that we all love. Now, if you've been riding for quite some time but want to help someone out who is just looking to get into the sport, you can purchase this as a gift and help give them the safe introduction. Again, this is all available at jimmylewisoffroad.com slash online courses. Now, here's the show. So welcome to the Better Rider podcast. My name is Jimmy Lewis. I'm Matt Mattoon. And we are here to help you become better riders. Better riders. And so this episode, we are going to talk about good coach versus bad coach. Right. Yeah. So um, we've learned a ton in the 20 years that I've been doing this and probably eight years for me, eight years for you. Um, and our experience from bad coaching comes from us learning about our you know bad habits and different things and also hearing stories from students about other uh, training they've had and just our experience in general with different kinds of, uh, kinds of training. So, um, we'll kind of keep this kind of specific, specific to our motorcycle training stuff Mm -hmm. and, um, kind of explain to you like our philosophy on this and why we think we can help make you a better rider. Uh, if you're interested in this stuff, you can follow us at www.jimmylewisoffroad.com. Uh, We have in-person classes uh, during the cooler months of the year out here in Pahrump. We have other available classes at different venues uh, around the country, at events, different things like this. And if you want to know about this, the best way to find out is to sign up for our newsletter, which you go to the website, you click on any of the uh, menus, and on the side there, there's definitely a place to input your email, and we will not send you junk mail. In fact, just like on this show, we will give you some sort of nugget of riding advice or some other really cool information on there, and we don't really send them out that often because we're always out riding. (laughs) So with that, let's uh, get right to it. So Matt, what makes a good coach? Well, a good coach is able to take something that's incredibly complex and just able to break it down or just take a concept and then break it down into really small segments that are really easy to understand. So like <clears throat> here we take, we, we emphasize balance, the importance of balance while riding a motorcycle. And we focus on, we have how many drills? Five, four or five drills. What? Just for balance? Just for, just for balance. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have way more than that. Okay. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. We have, so, we have a, we have a lot of, and, and, and I, I don't yeah. think, I don't think I've ever sat down and explained all of them to everybody. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah. we start noticing that, that, that a, at a class or something that there's a problem or something mm-hmm. we need to focus on. It's like, Oh, hey. And with myself and Heather, we've kind of played around with all these things and developed these different drills. And so, yeah, we'll pull one out of the the pocket. But, um, you know, like he said, taking something that's very complex and breaking it down into its simplest elements is uh, the sign of a good coach. But I Mm -hmm. will tell you and says Matt, the physicist, uh, the smart guy with the (laughs) with the college degree. Uh, I'm the guy, the the guy with the communication arts degree. But what I um, find is that what makes a good coach is experience, mm-hmm. um, honesty, you know, someone that, that, that 
truly wants to you know teach you yeah and then also on our side specifically um we are usmca certified so that's united states motorcycle coaching association and they do the 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 stuff like they make sure we're background checked we mm -hmm. take our you know we're with our cpr and things like that right and we understand um the, the kind of the things that maybe you overlook sometimes in coaching uh, they don't really work on your curriculum and your your program. They just make mm -hmm. sure you, you're equipped to be able to teach um, right. safely and effectively. So you're not just someone off the street saying, "Oh yeah, I can teach you how to ride a motorcycle." Right. You just watch a couple of YouTube videos and yeah. then start saying, "Okay, get over the back and gas it, bro." Right. Right. Notice I did the throttle with the wrong hand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Well, I and and when you know, I kind of get into. Um, experience and different stuff we're also going to tell you what we think makes a bad coach so hopefully you can identify some of this stuff and it's really anything that we say that makes a good coach the polar opposite of that would be the, the bad coach the, the start starting grounds for the bad coach and it's interesting that that now with the proliferation of of digital communication and a lot mm -hmm. of other stuff the ease uh, to 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 build like kind of a, a you know a social profile and these different things mm -hmm. you have a lot of sharks jumping into the market right uh, you know whether they think it's a great way to make a lot of money which it's not <laughs> um <laughs> or they're just looking from some for some notoriety and 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 to do things um mm -hmm. and there's definitely the potential to do that and when you're working especially with you know beginner or novice riders it's it's quite easy to come off as an expert right and maybe in the real world if you were to you know line up all the different motorcycle coaches Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some of them would not be experts right, at right. that. They may have been expert racers or right. they might be expert marketeers, but they're definitely not expert coaches expert or high level uh, coaches. So um, what do you think makes a bad coach? Uh, well, the polar opposites, but, but someone who just uh, doesn't take the time to uh, really explain something to you. So say if someone, if you have a question about writing, it's like, Hey, so when I'm riding, I'm getting head shakes. What, what do I do to fix it? If the coach just doesn't have an answer, just says, oh, I don't know, that's probably not a good coach. No. You uh, Or a coach that you know the, uh, doesn't actually tell you what you're doing wrong. That's another thing that, that we've heard about how, you know, yep. a few times is coaches who don't want to. Well, just do it like feelings. me. Yeah. Just do it like me. They'll just say, watch, watch me do it. Or yeah, uh, just, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. That's another big one. Yeah. And then they do it like that. And they can't they can't break down the 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 process, what they're asking mm -hmm. you to do into, you know, easily digestible steps. It's just mm -hmm. do it like this. Right. And, and imagine like learning how to jump a double jump. Right. Just do it like this. Yeah. Or just just follow me. Follow <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And and whether it's, you know, ride through sand on an adventure bike or do a double jump or, mm -hmm. you know, splatter up a, a rock face on a trials bike. I mean, these things right. are have they have pretty big consequences mm -hmm. and you can't just jump into that arena right you know safely with with doing the thing so mm -hmm. what makes a bad coach for me is is someone that, that doesn't take your safety seriously um you know I, I know with and i've trained high level racers and stuff like that mm -hmm. there are definitely times when we are pushing the boundaries of safety but this is this is what they do at that level this right. is what they have to do to perform but for most riders and, and for most things, you don't have mm -hmm. to do that. And I always say, if you're 
And, you know, and if you got a coach that says, well, if you're not crashing, you're not trying hard enough or whatever. BS. No, yeah. you know what you're doing when you're crashing? You're practicing crashing. Right. If you're training and you're crashing, you are practicing crashing. Now, if you're trying to find out where your envelope is, like where the edge edge of something is, and you're you're fully well aware that that's what you're doing, mm-hmm. that's a different thing that that needs to be brought to the front. But when you're just doing basic things, there should be no crashing. Yeah, you should yeah. be so far in control that this kind of stuff doesn't happen. So when you when 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 a bad coach allows safety to get out of the equation. That's a serious problem, and that's a that's a that's a no go for me. Right, and um, you know, and even to the point when it's just like you know, you're doing some basic drills and those little tip overs, and you have you know, and I've seen this before on videos, and I've seen you know, I've I've heard stories of it. it's like, oh yay, you're trying. We call it cheerleading. Right, right. You know, they're 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 cheerleading people to keep their spirits up while they're doing things wrong because mm-hmm. they're so afraid of like losing the clients. Uh, you know, they, they, they want, they, they, they want, want a five they, star they, Yelp review. They, they want some thumbs ups and right. stuff like that. When it's like, if, if you come to us, we're not going to be clapping when you tip over. Mm. We're, we're going to be concerned. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we're going to do everything we can to, 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 to get you back on the horse and, and have, you know, want to make sure you have some comments, but we're also going to tell you what you did wrong and explain it. So it doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, I know this specifically with our, with us, we're going to stop it before it happens. We can see the, 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 yeah. we can see it, the crash way, way before it happens. And cause a lot of times it's very simple. You're out of balance and be going too fast. It's really simple. And mm-hmm. we're constantly clipping people on, Hey, slow down, slow down. And they're, they're like, well, I, I, I'm, I'm okay. They always want to do it fast. Yeah. Uh-uh. yeah. Uh, you don't even know what you're doing right now. You, you have, you have no idea. Right. And, 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 and it's probably the truth. They don't have any idea. So, so as bad as they look, as dangerous as what they're doing is about to happen, they have no idea. So it's not dangerous. They don't feel uncomfortable. They don't feel confident. And, and that's the difference between good coach, bad coach. Good coach mm-hmm. would identify the problem before it happens. Bad coach. And yes, mm-hmm. people will just tip over and, and there's times when you don't see it and stuff like this. But the mm-hmm. majority of times, and I can't tell you how many times I tell people in our class, it says, I tell them it's like it's like everybody that's done big crashes in the class within 10 minutes before they did that, whatever it was. And, and they weren't big crashes. Sometimes they were just little tip overs. They were things that got them in trouble. Yeah. I told them to stop doing whatever it was they were doing because it was going to end badly. Right. And uh, bad omen. Yeah. I don't know. Just listen. You know, <laughs> yeah. th- this is this is what comes with 20 years of experience. This is why we've been, we've been doing this. Uh, another point I want to touch on what, what I think would make a bad coach is someone who doesn't, who doesn't have the patience to, to let you, uh, the, the patience to tell you what you did wrong and have you do it again. They would just tell you and have you do like do the drill again. They would just tell you, Oh yeah, well you, you, uh, you, uh, you didn't have good body positioning, but you can, just work on that next time. Yeah. You know, that's another thing that I, I've heard some people doing where I'll just say, well, you can just do this next time. Right. And just sending you back out and have you do it again. It, com- it kind of comes back around to the the whole cheerleading. They, they want you, they want a good well, review. Yeah. You, you're trying to just move through the, move mm-hmm. through the program when it's, you know, it's not, it's not yeah. time to move through the program. We've got it. We've got to still continue working on this because, mm-hmm. you know, things move in and it comes back to having a, you know, the coach is having a good curriculum that, right. that builds upon itself. And there's places where there's no goes. It's right, like, right. if you can't, if you can't comfortably do this, we can't do that. For mm-hmm. instance, in our school, we, we have our, our our basic skidding drill mm-hmm. and we have then we go to sliding 
Yeah. If you can't comfortably do the basic skidding drill, the mm -hmm. way we prescribe it, the way we tell you to do it, mm -hmm. you're not going to do the slide because really bad things can happen. Yeah. We, we have them keep practicing the yeah. skid. And so, so we say, Hey, okay. If, if you're uncomfortable with this or we, we tell them, okay, you're, you're good to continue to do this drill. Don't do the next one. Just do this yeah. drill. And, yeah. and then you, you, cause you don't need to do the slide. The mm -hmm. slide is a, is, is a little bit more advanced right. as opposed to. So, and that's just on a very simple level. So, mm -hmm. you know, having a, having a proper curriculum that builds on itself and it doesn't say, okay, we're just going to go do this double jump third gear wide open. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> if, if 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 you're feeling uncomfortable and they tell you that's okay, that's not a good coach either. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you 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 will feel uncomfortable. I it, it's just that's just the nature of doing something right. that's new. And I, I guess I meant difficult. more. Yeah, you, you you just panicked. I would say. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess I guess I guess what I, I should rephrase is, you shouldn't practice panicked, and the coach <laughs> shouldn't be re reinforcing panic. Yeah. And, and we get to this and this is something that we do with our, like I said, higher level guys. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like, I want you to be very relaxed while you're doing extreme things mm -hmm. because then you have the ability to go to the next level. Right. But if you're, if you're practicing tense, if you're practicing fearful, you're riding tense, you're riding fearful. And so, yeah, in the beginning, the drills are like, there's a lot of thinking and processing going on, but this is where practice comes in. And this is where, you know, a good coach will, uh, you know, leave you with some stuff that you can go and practice so you mm -hmm. can continue to improve in the uh in the thing a bad coach just says i oh, just do it like me and and you you, yeah. you touched on patience and this is something that i'm short of a lot of times <laughs> well <laughs> so, but but, but <laughs> i i meant patience in a different kind of way not in like the not in the starting to i didn't mean in just like uh well, you're fine. You can just keep going. Right. Going no, I, I, you can just do the next drill. <laughs> I, Not, get, uh, <laughs> I get it. I'm short. I'm short in patience. I need a lot of, I need a lot of stimulation and stuff. And when it's just one person practicing a drill, yeah. sometimes I'm like, that's, uh, that's why I want to, I want to will upon them the skill that they need. I wish I had the magic wand right. and just go bang. It's magic. I'm, I'm working on putting it in pill form. Yeah. You yeah. Know, just hand it. Here's a better rider pill. There you go. Which, uh, yeah. We'll have those in a few episodes and then <laughs> we'll be hawking them. There'll be a little button down here. You can push and it just right. it comes. But you so, do a supplement. So how, how would you, um, how would you spot a bad coach? So how you'd spot a bad coach, in my opinion, is kind of the, just look out for one that's been doing the things that we were just talking about. You know, the whole, if, if, uh, if you're getting out of control, they'll tell you to add more, add more throttle or, uh, <laughs> go, go, go yeah. if you just go a little bit faster. Yeah, you'll get it. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, you'll crash harder. You don't want to do that. Yeah. And what about getting over the back and gassing it? That you, works all the time. It works all the time until it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't work. It means get out of balance and get out of control. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, get out of balance, fall over, fall, start falling backwards, and, right. then, and then get out of control. Add more speed so you, so you can crash harder and in a worse body position. Right. And, and if, you, if you're familiar with the way we teach, if you listen to our podcast before, you understand we're very focused on balance and traction. Mm -hmm. So these two things kind of tie hand in hand. But I will tell you what, if you hear stories of coaches that have a lot of crashes or people that are getting injured at a camp or a training facility or something like that, mm -hmm. uh, not good. Um, especially when it's, it's a, it's like a lot and not, not good. You shouldn't yeah. hear, you shouldn't hear stories like this. Um, yeah, accidents do happen. Um, you know, luckily, <laughs> you know, it's few and far between with us, but we right. take very care. Um, the, you know, and I, I've also kind of come in contact with a lot of coaches, you know, or, or not contact with, heard about coaches that actually do not ride that much, or they used to ride, mm -hmm. or they don't have a, 
they, they're, they come from other, you know, backgrounds where they were, you know, tour operators that all of a sudden said, I'm going to get into, you know, coaching and, you know, whether it's like it's for money or mm -hmm. something or it's to boost their other businesses and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so, you know, kind of look at, check out the history and, and, and I'm crushing myself by saying this, you don't have to be some ex motorcycle racer to be a good coach. Right. I mean, there, there are people that, that have, have a lot of riding experience and understand it. Uh, I, think I don't have that, the most racing experience. <laughs> yeah. But you, do, you don't need to, you, yeah, you have yeah. the ability to clearly communicate and you've been taught by qualified people. I would like to pat myself on the back. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, but you do, you have ridden a wide variety of bikes. Mm -hmm. um, you've ridden all different kinds of, you know, from motocross to off-road to adventure, all these different things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have the experience and then of course the, the yeah. years of, of, you know, working in the school goes a long ways. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that, that, we kind of talked about is, is, uh, you know, coaching programs that are built kind of on like cheerleading, you know, like it's like this false building up, which is get, seems to be getting more and more popular. Just, mm -hmm. Hey, let's make everybody feel like they're having a really good time. And the curriculum takes second seat to, you know, kind of the experience. I mean, right. if that's what you're into, if you're into going for an experience or something like that, that's okay. And mm -hmm. I will always say that if you're actually out practicing on your motorcycle, I don't care where it is. Um, if you're actually spending time to practice on your motorcycle, you're going to become better because inherently you don't want to do to crash or do dumb things. So right. hopefully the coaches aren't past that. You, you, you know, you're still out kind of uh -huh. doing some practicing. Another thing I notice is that is, is there's a lot of coaches that do not appreciate being challenged. Like they, right. they, they get upset or they, they, they get upset and, and, you know, a lot of times they're, they're more fascinated with, you know, maybe, a, <laughs> you know, a, a rider that's actually, you know, a higher level rider than them or maybe uh -huh. can, you know, ride better than them. Right. And they're like, Ooh, you know, okay. And, and they, they, they see it as a challenge right, as right. opposed to, as opposed to teaching they, the class they don't appreciate the challenge yeah and and they got they want to either like kind of you know show off to the to the to the next level and or they 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 can't they don't feel challenged so and and this is how we learn this is how we become a better school mm -hmm. is we have students that ask us some pretty interesting questions and and people ask a question and i want to answer the question sometimes like i don't know i don't i don't know and right. sometimes i will say I don't know, but give me a few minutes. I'm going to figure this out. Right, right. You, you know, sometimes I actually have to go and do what they are asking. I actually kind of have to do it to see because there's some pretty there's some pretty unique techniques or things that people have come up with that may or may not work. And I want to mm -hmm. find out why. I want to experience, feel what it does on the motorcycle, feel mm -hmm. what it does on your body, and and kind of break it down, bring it back into our realm, and then be able to explain it. Yeah. And, you know, whether it's a very simple drill or something that's extremely technical and even with a lot of, you know, our coaches that work with us, they're asking me and especially the, you know, some of the newer ones are like, mm -hmm. why, why do you teach it like that? Like, why do you break it? That's so much harder to do it the way you do it. I'm like, yeah, but it's safe. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you're not going to crash unexpectedly. And these are the steps that you're going to have to take to get to that like when we talk about, let's say, hopping over a log, this is the one I famously use all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like I break it down in these steps where it's like it, it's horribly difficult to hop over a log the way that I do 
when I teach it. You, you, you know, you need to you need to learn how to get the front wheel, the loft of the front wheel, the control right. of the thing. And the whole time we're taking into consideration balance mm-hmm. because you're going to go from here and then you're going to stop with your front wheel up like this. And then you're going to go from there. And the next thing it really needs to hit is the rear wheel technically. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm going to set it on the skid plate and balance and do all the, you know, so right. I take a lot of time to go over it where you, you could just, you know, zap the log and hop over it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've been riding for three months. What's a zap? Like what, how do, how do, mm-hmm. how do I just zap? I mean, I can watch you do it and then I'm just going to magically learn the throttle control, the clutch control, the brake control to achieve that, to, to get my mm-hmm. front tire exactly up this side to yeah. touch, to touch this without throwing myself out of balance. Right. In, in any plane, you know, side to side, forward and backward, having to use extra muscles in the handlebars, the ability to break this stuff down and explain it and explain it in a way that's safe. And then, cause everybody wants to hop over the log. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, I want to learn how to do this. I'm ready to learn how to do this. And it's like, I don't want to break it to you in a hard way. But at this point, you don't have the timing and the coordination because that takes a lot of practice and a lot of time. And you have to understand mm-hmm. that that's part of the ingredients that you have to have on point before you go sending yourself over a lock. So, you know, right. you know, appreciate the challenge to, 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 to teach these things and to explain them. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not a lot of times it's not the easiest way. Right, but it, right. it can be the safest way and it will produce, produce results in the long run from, from our experience at least. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and another thing that I think you could use to spot a, a bad coach is if they only have just one way of explaining something. And if you're not understanding it, they just keep, and they're like a broken record. They keep the, saying the same thing, the same thing. Right. A, what makes uh, a great coach is someone who will have multiple ways of explaining the same thing and as well as some analogies. So being able to break something down that, so being able to compare riding a motorcycle to something in everyday life is really powerful right. and it just helps it click more. And so we the, talk a lot about like skiing, waiting the feet, skiing yeah. sometimes, or just something that maybe somebody has some experience in or, but, mm-hmm. you know, like we, we get a lot of like on-road riders and they're confused, like why some of the techniques on-road don't work off-road. And it's very simple. The simple answer is traction. You don't have the traction to do right. that. But then we're going to break it down and explain to you how to get the traction back or feel comfortable with that level of traction um, and different things. And another thing that really is like anytime it's just like, well, if you just go a little bit faster, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, let's, let's, let's break this down because we do mm-hmm. this quite a bit is the reason you don't want to always just go a little faster because that does work sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's the easy way to make things feel better, to go a little bit faster. But if that worked, then no matter what you're doing, you should just go a little bit faster. And then why not go a little bit faster? And then why not go a little bit faster? Because at some point that explodes. That, right, that right. theory. Because you can't go faster or you're 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 out of, you're out of balance or you're you're going so fast that bad things happen and you don't even know. Mm-hmm. I mean at that point, if you were willing and and sometimes you just go a little bit faster, a little bit faster, and, and then then you need to use that burst of acceleration or the burst of power to control the situation. And you go, uh-uh. And then you don't, mm-hmm. and then your balance catches up with you right. really quick. Right. Because you're going way too fast and bad things happen. So so that's why I get over in the back and gas it doesn't work. Because if it worked, you should just do that all the time. And and when you do this, you, you don't know where the because you you don't know what feeling uncomfortable is like because going faster you 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 don't realize it but you're becoming uncomfortable and so in going slower things become difficult and when Mm -hmm. you when you get good at doing it slow 
then when you're ready to go just a little bit faster, because you've worked on the techniques going slow and you have to struggle with it because they don't work as good if you were going faster. Mm -hmm. If you go just go a little bit faster, everything will work a little bit better. Right, right. The answer should be just slow down a little bit. Just slow down a little bit. That's always and, the right. Yeah, that's right. And, and so so in, in, the, in the struggles of going slow, you get it. And then you can go, because you're there, you go a little bit faster. And it feels a little bit better. And you go a little bit faster. It feels a little bit better. And it goes a little bit faster. It's like, aha, it, I got it, this. It, it's literally, you got to walk before you run. Right. It's the exact same Exact and, same idea. And so, you know, and as you practice this way, when, you know, when to know to go a little bit faster, okay, I can go a little bit faster. And you're at this aha moment, you go a little bit faster, you go, ooh, I, that didn't feel so good. Mm -hmm. Then you back it down, it feels better. You go a little bit faster, doesn't feel as good. Right. Okay, I found the aha zone, the speed. Now I know what it feels like to go a little bit too slow and a little bit too fast. And now I know what the right speed is. If you don't know what the right speed is, which you have to teach yourself, Going a little bit faster, you're not going to identify it. You're going to go blow right past it into the danger zone, into right. the bad zone. And so coaches that just tell you just to go a little bit faster, be weary, <laughs> be wary of this. Um, and and then have them explain what I just explained. And when they can't, then uh, be, you be careful of your safety. Yeah. No. <laughs> so uh, and if they can't tell you why you crashed too. So right. <laughs> that should be another thing. <laughs> They can't tell you what you did wrong. Well, you weren't going fast enough. Oh, well, there you go. That, that, there we go. You solved hey, everything. Hey, Matt, uh, tell a story of a bad coach and how it affected someone okay. else. So you're going to be surprised at who the bad coach was. It, it was me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, so, do, I'll do the same thing. Okay, yeah. So, you, you know, uh, I, I wasn't always an instructor here at, you know, at the Jimmy Lewis Off-Road Riding School. Um, I tried teaching my mom some stuff. Because uh, I had read or heard somewhere that you're supposed to get over the back and gas it uh, online, I think. And you're supposed to get over the back and gas it in the sand. And so, we have a lot of sand out here. A lot of sand out here where we live. And uh, my mom had bought a, a KLR 650, so pretty beefy bike. And, um, uh, of course, when you're balanced, it's not that big deal. But she was out of balance the whole time because I kept telling her, oh, well, you got to get your weight off the front end. You got to get you got to get weight more over the, the rear end. So that way your front end's lighter on the sand. And she kept doing that and kept doing that. And she was so exhausted. And I told her, well, you need to get back a little bit further. <laughs> <laughs> you can only go so far back, but that's just what I kept telling her is you got to get over back further. You get that weight off the front end. Yeah. And that's such a myth, like weight yeah. off the front end. It's, it's, uh, um, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of funny because mm -hmm. especially with, you know, we see a lot of adventure bikes struggle in the sand on their, on their adventure bikes. And a lot yeah. of times they're loaded and half of the problem is there's so much weight on the back. There's not enough weight up on the front mm -hmm. and then they're trying to get back. And so, um, talk about a, a myth that just keeps, uh, keeps on giving. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, when I was younger growing up, I went to a lot of different, uh, uh, classes motocross classes and schools mm -hmm. and stuff growing up and and um s a lot of times these coaches were like x racers or you know fast guys that had that had been doing different things and mm -hmm. they definitely knew how to do it and a lot of times they had a young hotshot rider that would go and demonstrate for them because they weren't capable of doing it to the level that they were telling you how to do it uh -huh. so they'd have this young rider that was doing it and they were just expecting that like if you rode around this turn 20 times it's going to make you a better rider. Well, right. It made you better at that turn because, you know, just, same just thing, repeti turn. repetitive practice, repetitive practice. But and it's the same thing. It's like, Oh, just put your weight on the outside foot pegs and go faster. But you know, like, 
wow, that's a, you know, I'm okay. Just, I'll just do, you, you just hail Mary it because mm-hmm. you want to go as fast as the guy that's doing it. And you know, mm-hmm. it can be done because he's doing it. Yeah. But like, there was nothing about bike setup and there was nothing about, you know, uh, you know, all the, all the stuff that really, you know, maybe needed to be done to get there. But mm-hmm. then I didn't even know to ask these questions. And right. so, so, you know, you start thinking about it is, is a lot of times the, the bad coaching was, was a, a, a kind of a combination of a lot of things, not just, um, you know, realizing, you know, they, and they, they, you know, they couldn't read minds essentially to find out that I didn't know if my setup was right or did I even care? Or, you mm-hmm. know, maybe my dad was around there trying someplace, <laughs> trying to figure some of this stuff out. Like, you know, uh-huh. if he could, if he could buy a better part for the bike and it would fix all the problems, I'm sure we would have. Right. But it, at that time it was, it was kind of coaching, but it just kind of, there, there's so, there's so much to it. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times, and this is one of the reasons that we don't really have this whole lot of series of classes, because when someone comes and identifies themselves as a novice or an intermediate, like, what does, what does that really mean? Right. Are you an intermediate because you've been riding for 30 years or are you an intermediate because your skill level meets the criteria that we kind of, mm-hmm. kind of outline. And it's like, I don't need to take the basic class. And, you know, a lot of times that the you know reason our class we kind of have one class, a series one class, and the reason we stick to it is because even when I'm working with really advanced riders, it's usually not the advanced technique that they're having a problem with. It's something that they left on the table early on in the very right. beginning. There's a crack in the foundation, and we have guys that come back over and over again to the class because every single time it's kind of a new class because they've moved themselves up to a different level, and then they realize that even some of our basic drills become more difficult because. They now get to practice them at their newfound level and mm-hmm. realize, ooh, I left some stuff on the table here. Right, right. Here's how we here's how we go. Yeah. So um, yeah. And and you know, in in growing in the twenty some odd years we've been doing the school, we have given bad coaching advice. We were mm-hmm. teaching drills that were eh, you know, substandard. They're often copied still to this day. I mean, we have mm-hmm. some very interesting drills that are unique to us that we've evolved quite a bit. And I still hear about, you know, somebody going to school. It's like, oh, yeah, this school did a Jimmy Lewis drill. And I'm like, well, what did they do? And he, they tell me, I'm like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> we did that 20 years ago. And we realized that that wasn't the right way to do it. Right. So we, we've upped the, upped the ante. Surprise things change over 20 years. Yeah. And, and we learned from students from just in our own, our own thing. We, mm-hmm. we found it difficult to teach something. And we said, okay, we've got to break this down, spread it out, mm-hmm. deliver it in a, in a, in a different form. So that's uh, kind of where we're at. So with this podcast, we're also going to give you a nugget. Another ex- nugget. You're just expecting it. Here's how to, here's how to clear fourth gear doubles. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. We're, we're not going to go there. We're going <laughs> to tell you how to get off your motorcycle. Getting off the motorcycle. And you think, why are we talking about this? Because um, it goes back to some of our basic fundamentals, which is all about balance. And a lot of times when we see people stop, the first thing they do is they stop and they put both feet on the ground and say, well, yeah, that's normal. It's like, well, what if you're short and you can't reach the ground? You don't get to do this. I'm not short. Well, so some people can't do it and other people can, but the reason you don't want to put both feet on the ground is it it's the beginning of getting out of control. Okay. We call it throwing the rudders out and you watch mostly before almost any crash, you will see feet come off the foot pegs, especially on the adventure bikes and the, mm-hmm. the more novice riders. The crash starts the minute the feet come off the foot pegs. Cause all of a sudden you've given up all your control and you are now a passenger on the vehicle and you can't really influence it that well. So, so we don't want you to do that. So when you're getting off the motorcycle, when you come to your stop, we want you to stop and put one foot down 
And then you have to decide which side I'm going to get off the motorcycle on. So it's usually you're going to get off, you're going to dismount to the side that your foot is down on. So that's going to be your, your pivot and everything. And the important part is when you're doing this, that the motorcycle stays balanced and you stay balanced. And so you're going to remove yourself from the bike. You see a lot of times people, when they, riders, when they do this, they're, they, when they put their foot down, they'd actually never reposition it out away from the motorcycle. So they kind of get stuck to it. And so it's, it's finding a good spot and then figure out how you can, you know, maneuver your body so that your leg can come over the bike. And whether you have, you know, panniers and gear on it or you're on a tall motocross bike or a trail bike, it's learning how to maneuver your body, kind of pivot at the hips to be able to swing yourself off, always keeping very close attention to keeping your motorcycle balanced. You don't have to worry about yourself so much. You're usually pretty good at doing that. But there's a time in this movement when you're swinging yourself off the bike where things may go a little bit loose. But if you're clamped onto the, both the handlebars, you know, mm -hmm. both grips and the handlebars, a lot of times you can't disconnect. So right. you might want to make sure that you're able to, you know, turn the handlebars so they're parallel with your shoulders when you're going to move off the bike or go back to one hand. And mm -hmm. as, you, as you move, maybe your hand goes onto the seat you know, to, to balance the bike or hold the bike, or maybe you're so balanced that you just do this nice pirouette ballerina move yeah. right off to the side. And when you're done, you're standing there on the, on the ground and the bike's so balanced, you can let go of it for a second. You know, that is how you get off your motorcycle. And it may seem kind of pedestrian and it's not like something that you think mm -hmm. uh, that you need to practice, but I promise you when you come to our school, we're watching how you're getting on and off your motorcycle because it's a tell on how much you respect the balance of the bike. And I know, yeah, at the end of the day, you're all tired and you struggle. Well, if you do this at the end of the day, you're not going <laughs> to, you actually, generally, if you're doing this at the end of the day, you're not tired because you've been doing this all day and you're right, not struggling right. with the bike. But when you're all tired, if you do this, you're going to use less energy. It's going to mm -hmm. take less effort. So did I explain yeah. that right, Matt? You did. You did. And if, uh, again, if, if you think that's way too basic, you can also come to the beginner class where uh, I'll work with you on it for like 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. On and off the bike. On yep, and off the getting bike. on yeah. and off. Yeah. Especially for the beginner riders, it's a really good place to start. And for the advanced riders, when you start doing it and realize you can't look graceful when you're getting on and off your motorcycle, you're leaving stuff on the table. Mm -hmm. So uh, even at that level, you can kind of figure stuff out. So with that, Matt, I think we're going to wrap up this episode. Yep. Uh, thank you for watching the Better Rider podcast show or listening to it however you're digesting this information like i said you can find us at www.jimmylewisoffroad.com and with that we will see you out on the trail cheers see ya